Good morning, Cornerstone Bible Church. Good morning. Good morning. All right. That's what I like to hear. Yes. All right. Very good. All right. Well, welcome to CBC's uh, Sunday School, where our textbook is the Bible, God's Word, and our Bible study aid is titled Building on Our Foundations, Next Steps for Christian Growth. All right. So please join me in prayer. Amen. Wonderful Father. Yes. Strong to save. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name forever and ever, Lord. Yes, Lord, we are here to learn about you. To know you is to love you, Father, and that's what we want to do. We want to explore what your word has to say about you, to learn your characteristics, your attributes, to learn about so many things about you. And, of course, one of the greatest things that we always emphasize and sometimes overemphasize is your love, Father. And we at times take it for granted, Lord, but, Father... We just pray that you would just uh, mold us, uh, make us more into your image. Uh, we rely totally on your word, totally on your Holy Spirit. We thank you for what <clears throat> Jesus did on our behalf. And uh, Lord, just help us. Just help us understand what we're going to go through this morning. And again, it's just all to give you the glory that you deserve and to live in a manner that just pleases you. Yes, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so of course we're in a lesson, the person of Jesus Christ. This is the fourth part, and hopefully the last part. Uh, okay, so before continuing from where we left off last week, let's do a quick review. And then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll redo the, the last section of the lesson. And uh, if time permits, we'll also see a video about the states of Christ. Okay, and that's by R.C. Sproul. Okay, so of course the memory verses for this lesson... The person of Jesus Christ is John 1.1, 1, 1, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then the second verse, 1.14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. All right. Then, of course, we looked at this introduction for this part of the lesson, which was the man who was God, right? And we said... When speaking of the person of Jesus Christ, people usually have no problem accepting Christ as a man. No problem there. However, comma, the issue they wrestle with is Christ being equal to God. And in fact, being God himself. Okay? So then after that, we embarked on a little discussion on the deity of Christ by examining the I am statements of Christ. Because the I am statements are very powerful and they provide the basis for discussing his deity. Right? And as you recall, we engaged in an exercise where I had you close your eyes and meditate on the I am statements as I read them aloud. And so the following are the I am statements that I had read aloud last week. So I was just going to review them real quick as a warm-up. Right? We read, There I am gentle and lowly in heart. I am the Son of God. I am with you always to the end of the age. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am from above. I am not of this world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the Son of God. I am with you always to the end of the age. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. Oh, did I read that again? Sorry about that. I am a king. 
I am the Alpha and the Omega, the Almighty. I am the first and the last. I am alive forevermore. I am he who searches the mind and the heart. I am coming soon. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. I am. Amen. So let me ask this question. So was that a worthwhile exercise? Okay. Why? I'm sorry, you said what? That's right, of our Savior, Jesus Christ and King. Any other thoughts? Okay, yeah, like Natalie said, right? It presents like a, a rounded version of, you know, all different perspectives of Christ, right? It's like it's all encompassing. Troy! Amen, amen. That's right. Is everybody here what Brother Troy said? Basically, it was in John 17, 3, right? Um, Jesus' priestly prayer. We said, um, this... This is eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and your Son, who you sent forth in the world. So the more we learn about Christ, and since Christ is eternal, every time we learn about him, we're learning more about him, we're learning to love him, right? So becoming like him, that's our goal. All right, so here we go. All right. Um, okay. Okay, from lesson two, right? Uh, here we went a little bit over the attributes, and here you see, you know, that he's sovereign, He's eternal, he's unchanging, immutable, all-knowing, omniscient, perfect, sinless, holy, truth, right? Now, what's great about these things, these are all about Jesus, of course, right, because of the marks of deity, that all these are, are these incommunicable attributes or communicable? Okay, Miriam with the Y said incommunicable, so did Natalie, and I, and I saw Bob's lips, <laughs> Right? Those are things that are not shared with us. Those are strictly for, uh, his nature, his essence. Right? We are definitely not sovereign, and we're definitely not eternal or unchanging or all-knowing, perfect, holy truth. We're none of those. Okay. So Christ demonstrated his power, omnipotence, right, in earthly ministry in the following ways. And so I wanted to go uh, and look up these verses. So I'm going to start on my left side. Okay, over there, Taj. Actually, no, let me start with Troy, way back there. With Matthew uh, chapter 8, verses 23 to 27, to see what he has power over. Then I'm going to swing over on this side. And Esteban, can you look up Luke 440? And then back to this side, Troy. Luke 4, 33 to 36. And then back to that side, Nathaniel. Uh, John... 11, 43 to 44. Uh, now i got to go back to the order. Okay. Oh, you're doing... No, Troy is uh, the first one. Then Esteban, right, was Luke, 440. And then you're Luke, 433, 36. And then Nathaniel's John, 11. I hope I didn't mess that up again. Okay, so when you're ready, please let me know. And Amen. Okay, so what did he have power over there? Amen. You know, and, I, and I thought it was pretty neat that they were traveling from Peter's hometown of Capernaum, Bethsaida, on the west side of the Sea of Galilee, and they were going to the east. And uh, I think the scriptures say that right before then, Jesus had healed uh, Peter's mother-in-law. So I thought it was kind of interesting. Anyway, okay, so who's got Luke 440? That's right. So what was power over there? That's right, disease, ailments, right? He laid his hands on them. All right, so that's definitely power. Okay, Luke 4, 33 to 36. Amen. 
Okay, so he has power over what or who? Amen. Okay, in John 11. Okay, power over what is demonstrated there? That's right. Amen. That is power. That's right. Okay, and here's a quick summary of what it is, right? In Matthew, he was power over creation by calming the storm, you know, diseases and ailments, right? And then the demons and death. Okay, so moving right along. Okay, there's additional authority that we wanted to look at, and this one is important, and uh, perhaps you recall it from last week, but let's see, who did I leave off? I left off with... So I'm back on this side. Pastor Bob, can you please look up Mark 2, verses 3 to 12? Yeah. And no. Yep, Mark 2, verses 3 through 12. Amen. Wow. And what does Mark 2, 7, can you repeat what Mark 2, 7 says? Yeah. No, can you read Mark 2, 7? Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's all right. It was just for emphasis, so we could... Yep, yep, you did. Yeah, just that one verse. <laughs> okay, all right. So, of course, there, right? Who has authority on the earth to forgive sins? Right. And, and right. yes, pass it, Bob. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah, great point. Because uh, t- to me, right, when you, when you read that, that portion and you see that here are the four friends, they tried to get them through the front door. They couldn't because of the crowd. So they said, okay, let's go up through the top of the roof. Let's make a hole and let's lower him down right in front of Jesus. We know where he's at. And so you can picture this, you know, he's coming right in front of Jesus. And you would expect, I mean, I, that's what I expected, that Jesus say, you're healed. Pick up your cot and walk. But he didn't. He said, your sons are forgiven. Totally what, I don't know if you saw that, you know, it was like totally what you didn't expect. You know, you would expect, wow, they went through all that effort to, to bring them to heal them. And he says, your, your, son, your sins are forgiven. Wow. It was like, and, and, and of course, him being God, he knew that he had to do that because of the Pharisees. I'm sure he did it for, I mean, of course, for the benefit of the, of the man who, was forgiven and also was healed and, and the believers, but also, like the great point you brought out, hey, he showed up the scribes. Yep. Yeah, so they must have walked out of there scratching their heads going, wow, you know, is, is he God? You know, Lewis. Amen. Amen, amen, right? Because um, the sister Martha was saying, Lord, you know, what do you mean remove the rock? He stinks. You know, and then he says, hey, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you know, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's going to rise. He's going to be resurrected. And she's thinking future. And he says, it's going to happen now. <laughs> so that must have been a sight to see, especially having come out, you know, because he's all bounded up and he's walking out like that. I mean, you, you know, now I know where all these movies about the mummy came from, you know. <laughs> but anyway. Um, all right. So here we have, uh, you know, more titles, I guess we could look up. Uh, Matthew 123. Let me see, so i got to go back to this side. Oh, Daniel, Matthew 123, please. And then, boop, Francesca, Philippians 2, 10 through 11. And then, boop. No, no, how you doing? Way back there behind the mask. <laughs> John 8, 58. But also, can you look up Exodus three fourteen? 
and, and, and we'll, we'll switch the order. You read Exodus 3.14 first, then John 8.58, okay? All right. So, who is Matthew 1.23? Ah, yes, Daniel. Thank you. Amen. Okay. So what's the title there? Amen. Emmanuel. God with us. Amen. Okay, Francesca, please. All right. So what's the title there? Right? Law, Lord. Sovereign. Right? Okay, Nana. Oh, John 8.58. Sorry. Oh, no, 58. Sorry, 8.58. Sorry. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, so was there any, any doubt there as to what he was saying? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, even though they didn't believe him, that's right. I'm sure many of them went down to their graves denying it. Um, all right, so there we see God with us. He's sovereign in uh, Philippians, and John 8.58 or Exodus 3.14 is I am which is a title reserved for God. Okay. Yes. Yep. 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 Which we're going to touch on a little bit in the future with one of the questions that we're going to ask, which we, we covered last week, but like I said, I think I was two slides away from finishing, and that's when we did it. So if I only did those two slides, it would be like everybody be having coffee right now. <laughs> but we'll get to it. And then here I wanted to share... Um, and, and I read it last time, right? A quote from John MacArthur. It says, It stands to reason, I believe, that, one, that the one who is first in rank in the universe, the one who is the point of reference for history, the one who is the agent, the goal, the forerunner, the sustainer, the governor in the sphere of creation, the one who is the head of the church, and the one who is the beginning, source, and chief one, the one who is the ranking of all those resurrected, the one who is the first fruits, if you will, of them that slept, that one has the right to the title preeminent. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> All right. Okay, so now we're going to look at some statements of uh, Christ's deity. And here, these are fun. What did I leave off? I forgot. Well, I'll just start again. Natalie, how you doing? <laughs> can you look up Colossians 2.9? Okay. And then I skipped Jenny. Jenny, can you um, look up Hebrews 1, 1, and 3? 1, 2, 3. Yeah, and then we see. Hi, Shorty. How you doing? There are two short verses, and they should look familiar. <laughs> John one one and one and uh, fourteen. Okay, and then back on this side. Well, I did two on this side, so I need to. Osborne, I will keep. I forgot about you. Titus two thirteen, and you're so you're so big, and you're right there in the front row. All right, there you go. That's right. I I guess so. I, you know, black and proud. I don't know. All right, yeah, Titus 2.13, please. Yeah, all right. Okay, you ready? All right, I'm sorry, can you read that again? Okay, all right. And Jenny? Wow, there's a lot there in, in those verses, right? But uh, basically the, uh, the gist that we wanted to get there was that he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. Okay, so John 1.14, please. Amen. And Titus 2.13, please. Okay, so here's a summary, right? Colossians 2.9. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Shouldn't be any doubt there. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, right? He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. Shouldn't be any doubt there. John 1, 1 and 14, right? Talking about Jesus Christ, the word is God. And in Titus 2.13, the phrase, our great God and Savior, 
Jesus Christ. All right. It was like, uh, like you were saying, you know, a lot of people see the, the, the miracles, they saw all that, and they still didn't believe. So, if, you know, we have God's words inspired, and that's how he wants us to know, and then you read it and you don't believe it, well, that's dangerous. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Here are some more, just in case uh, those weren't enough. Okay, so John 20, 28 through 29. Uh, Mercy, can you please look that up? Okay. And then 1 Timothy 6, 14 through 16. Esteban. Yeah, I'll, I'll have you read that, please. 1 Timothy 6, 14 through 16. And then jumping back over here, Taj, with that voice. Yeah, John 10, 31 through 33. John 10, 31 through 33. Okay, so whenever you're ready, Mercy. Amen. Okay, so there we have Thomas's testimony, right? Okay, and First Timothy, Amen. Okay, so there we talk about again sovereignty, right? And now Taj, hey, brother Carl, Amen, right? So there is his claim to be God, and there is a summary, right? In John twenty, right? Thomas's testimony of the deity of Christ, my Lord and my God, right? Now, if Christ wasn't either of those, he would have said, no, 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 Thomas, wait a minute, you know, you got this wrong. Let me correct you, but he didn't. Okay, and then in 1 Timothy, we read that he's Christ as sovereign, king of kings. And then in John, the Taj has read, Christ claimed to be God. Now, before... I'm sorry? Ah, yes, Lord of Lords. That's right, in 1 Timothy. Thank you very much. I skipped that. Okay. Now, before we look at other scriptures about the titles of Jesus Christ, uh, here's another quote from Pastor John MacArthur that I wanted to... Concerning... Christ's claim of being God in John 10.33, what Taj just uh, read. And it came from his sermon called Christ Above All. And uh, he says, people say, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. Oh, baloney. That's mild. (laughs) Jesus never claimed to be God? The Jews answered in John 10.33, for good work we stone thee not but for blasphemy, and because thou, being a man, makest thyself God. They got the message. Believe me, they got the message. They knew exactly what he was claiming. He had claimed divine authority over angels. He had claimed divine authority over men. He claimed, in fact, divine authority over everything when he said, all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. Matthew 28, 18. He claimed divine authority over the law, over the Sabbath, over the tradition of the elders, Every bit of it. He claimed power to forgive sin, power to raise himself from the dead, and he proved it. Right? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. <laughs> All right. So, uh, according to John 3.17, Jesus is the Savior of the world. And I'm going to just sh- uh, read what John 3.17 says. It says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So now let's, we're going to look at some uh, titles that describe God's saving grace. So I forgot where I left off. So uh, Carl, Brother Carl, my dear Brother Carl, John one twenty nine, John 1, yep, John one twenty nine, And then wait till he sits down. Pastor! Yeah. <laughs> Pastor 635, please. All right. And then John 14, 6, who didn't read on the side? Hi. Can you read John 14, 6? Miriam with a Y? All right. Oh, yes, we're ready for you. Okay. No, we'll skip it then. Thank you. 
Yep, 129. Amen. Okay. No, it was just, well, thank you. All right. <laughs> All right, so what was the, the, the title of God Saving Grace there in John 129? What was the phrase? Amen. All right. Now, uh, Pastor, uh, John 635, please. Amen. Okay, so what was the title of God Saving Grace there? Amen. Bread of Life. Okay. All right, 14.6. All right, so what was the title of God Saving Grace there? That's right, the way, the truth, and the life. And the mediator. Okay, all right. Okay, so now we're going to get into a couple of discussion questions. This kind of goes with what you, the point that you brought up about seeing all these miracles, right, and all that stuff. But So what is the difference between admitting that Jesus is the Savior and going further and declaring that Jesus is my Savior? So what's the difference there? I see Brother Carl. Amen, amen. Anybody have any other thoughts, comments? Okay. Mm. Amen, right? For, we, right? Yeah, mercy's touch on something, right? Because anybody could say, hey, oh, he's my savior. Yeah, but what, what is your life like? I mean, are you devotion, obedient, blah, blah, blah? Yes, Taj. Amen. Yeah, right? Even the, the, yes, go ahead. Amen. Oh, yeah. That's right. Amen. That's right. The, the demons believe and they shudder. That's in James, right? All right, because they know they're, they're heading for judgment. Okay, so based on the verses in the section that we just went over, what does it mean to use the title Savior when talking about Jesus? No, no, sorry. I didn't see, I just, I don't know how long you were there. Amen. Amen. And I'm glad you said that because that was going to be my question. Um, what are we being saved from? Okay. Okay, he's the wrath of God, and then the mercy says sin and death. Right? We're being saved from God himself, right? All right. Okay, so now let's look at what the Bible says about Jesus, Jesus Christ coming to rule. Yes. Okay, so Jesus is not a, just a person of the past, right? He is... I'm sorry? Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. Okay. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Amen. Amen. Oh, back to Nana. <laughs> mm. 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 Right. No, it does. It, it's mind-blowing, and, and, and it should be, right? Uh, because the, but what is that going to lead us to when we think about these things? That leads us to what? Worship. Amen. Right? To praise and to be thankful and to be like, wow, you know, because you know, we, we deserve judgment. We really don't deserve that, right? It's like, wow, thank you for your grace, Lord. You've given us what we don't deserve, you know, and for your mercy, you know, withholding from us what we do deserve. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting you used to say that because uh, one of the traps that a lot of people fall into is that, oh, once you become a Christian, your problems went away. You're not going to suffer. You know, come to Christ. He's going to give you a car. He's going to give you a house. He's going to give you a better marriage. He's going to be a better brother, brother, sister, better. No, those are secondary, right? Because ultimately, it's our salvation, right? Yeah, well, I mean, yes. Bingo. Good. That, that's just proof that, yes, you are saved. <laughs> All right? <laughs> okay, so. Oh, I'm sorry. Back to Nana. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah. Mm. Mm. Amen. Amen. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because when he was on earth, right, one of uh, his parables was divine, right? Mm. Amen. Amen. So, moving right along. <laughs> All right. What, uh, the king who comes to rule. Now, according to Daniel 7.14, what three things has Christ been given? Of course, in 1 Timothy um, 6-14 to 14 tells us that, you know, it says to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords. So with that background in our minds, so 714, let me see. Veronica, can you please uh, read Daniel 714 and let us know what the three things that are given to Christ? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Daniel 714. Ah, sorry. Yes. Amen. So what three things? All right. Okay. Dominion, glory, the kingdom. Awesome. Okay. So, uh, yeah, over people and nations and men. That's what Miriam is saying. Okay. So we read what Philippians 2, 9, and 10 says, right? Uh, where we call it, he's exalted to the highest. That's what Philippians 2, 9, and 10 tells. And then Hebrews 1, 3, which I believe was Jenny who wrote it, uh, that read it, said, um, at the right hand of God the Father, so he's in a position of authority. So, here's a question. So when we say Jesus is king, what comes to mind when you think about his kingdom, or about him, or his kingdom? Yeah, this is what, what, what comes to mind when you think about our king, or his kingdom? Sovereignty, okay. Authority, loving, perfect, holy, just, throne, good. Ruling, what? Government. Okay. Yes, Brother Carl. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's it. That's it. All right. So Matthew uh, 25, 31, and 32. Let me see. Who, can, who has it? Troy, can you please look that up? So what did Jesus tell his followers in Matthew 25, 31, to 32? And then let me see. Um, Esteban, can you look up... Um, Acts 1.11. Okay, because that'll be the next question. Good. Uh, Matthew 25, 31, and 32. Amen. So, so what did he say about this coming kingdom? <laughs> right? Yep. He'll sit on his throne, right? And then he's going to gather all the nations before him, separate them like sheep and goats, right? Okay, Esteban, Acts 1.11, please. All right, so what did he say? What, what were we told there? What were the apostles told in Acts one eleven? Right? That's right. It'll come in the same way as you saw him go up into heaven. All right. Okay. So how does Second Thessalonians 1, 7 through 10 describe the return of Jesus? Okay, so who we have? Who did meet on this side? Nathaniel, please. Yeah. Second Th- Thessalonians 1, 7 through 10. And then back on this side, um, Brother Kirk. Uh, Matthew 24, 30. And then back on this side, Daniel, I hate to do this to you, it's a long one, okay? Uh, Revelation 19, 11 through 16. All right. But it's, a, but it's a great passage. Okay. So, who's got 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 10? 
Wow. That's a great description. Right? Anybody want to comment on that? Okay. Right. Okay, so Matthew 24:30. Amen. Coming in the, on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. That's right. Like we were saying, our hope. Okay, and then Revelation 19:11 through 16. Amen. Wow, what a description. Whew. So, after reading those, uh, what images or ideas fill our minds when we think about Jesus returning in glory? Any comments, observations, thoughts? <laughs> That's right. Like, he's like now he said, it could be scary, it could be great, depending on which side you're on, right? <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, okay, so, oh, tr- uh, Taz, were you going to say something? Sure. Okay. Go. <laughs> oh, okay. Amen. That's right. That's right. Yes. That's right. In order to appreciate the good news, you need to know the bad news. <laughs> That's right, that's right. Oh, Brother Carl? Hmm. <laughs> right. Amen, amen. And uh, Nana, are you going to say something? Hmm. Hmm. Amen. Hmm. 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 Amen. Oh, and that should be a matter of prayer for every single one of us, right? Hmm. Hmm. Amen. Yeah, thank God we were. We were forgiven. <laughs> Thank God for Jesus. Okay, so application. In this lesson, we have seen that Christ is God, Savior, King, slash ruler. So before uh, asking this question, I want to read Second Peter 3.14, which says, Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. So, in light of this, how can you best prepare for his second coming? How can we best prepare for the second of the holy life? And I see Mercy nodding her head. I see Jenny saying, yep. Okay. <laughs> That's right. To live a life worthy of his calling, right? Mm. 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 Right. Amen. Amen. Mm. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Mercy, you're going to say something? Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm right. Okay, then um, Revelation 11 through 14. I'll read that before I ask the question. It says, Then I looked, and I heard around the throne, and the living creatures, and the elders, and a voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power, and wealth, and wisdom, and might, and honor, and glory, and blessing." And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Okay, so what can we do this week to acknowledge who he is? Okay, all right. Well, well, the last word of verse 14, I like what it says, right? Well, I don't know if I have, I don't think I have it up there. Uh, worshipped, you know, right? They worship, and that's what it should lead us to, worship. So, wow. Preach the gospel, right? Uh, do, do the good things because of our love for him, not because he's going to say, oh, that's another brownie point there. You know, there's another, you know, so, all right. <laughs> 
Amen. 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 All right, so we've got to live a holy life and worship. That's the application. That's the takeaway. And now, one more parting quote from Pastor John MacArthur. It says, People have frequently called the Bible the Jesus book. In a sense, that is true. If you understand the Bible, you understand that it is the book about Christ, the book about the Lord Jesus. In the Old Testament, there is the preparation for Jesus' coming. In the Gospels, there is the presentation of Christ. He has come. And in the Acts, there is the proclamation. The message of salvation in Christ is announced. In the epistles, we study the personification, that is, for to me to live is Christ, or how Christ, who has died and risen from the grave, returns to live in his people. In Revelation, there is the predomination, or the Christ on the throne, the reign of the king, the lamb on the throne. So in every sense, the Bible is Christ's story. It is the book that tells us about him. In Acts chapter 8, that is indicated to us in verse 35, when Philip, talking to the Ethiopian eunuch on the road to Gaza, the Holy Spirit says, Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. So that's what we need to do as well. All right? Learn as much as we can about a wonderful Lord. So like that, you know, like Nana says, hey, if we can like tell somebody, hey, I found this great coffee over here at the shop. So let me tell you about the great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Okay, so I have a, I have a note here that says, so please, the next, um, I don't know if I have it here. Let me see. All right. So, God willing, next Sunday, uh, Brother Victor, hopefully he's watching this, um, <laughs> says we'll continue with Lesson 4, the work of Christ in our Bible study aid, building on the foundation. So study the lesson throughout the week so that we can all engage in discussing it as well as asking really tough questions. Okay? All right. Oh, God bless you. All right. Anybody have any other comments or before we pray? Yes. Brother Carl. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. Well spoken. All right. All right. Well, let's pray and then we'll, let's go have uh, some fellowship. Dear wonderful Father, glorious God, Wow, you're just awesome, Lord. Thank you for these truths, Lord, that you brought to life in our hearts through your word, through the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord, we are here to just serve you, to worship you. Help us to live that holy life that pleases you, Lord, out of our sense of gratitude, out of love, Father. We know there's no merit in performing those goods or behaving in a good manner or doing good works. We were created for that, Lord. And it just makes so much sense when we're saved because we, see, we just want to do it. Now, we didn't understand it before we were saved, but now that we are saved, now we understand why we love you and why it makes sense to just follow your commands. Yes, there are many commands in the, in the Bible, uh, do's and don'ts, so to speak. But Lord, now... Our mind has been changed that we lovingly do those things for you to give you the glory and the honor that you deserve. Once again, thank you, Lord. I pray for all my brothers and sisters that are here. May we take this knowledge, Lord, to live holy lives, to worship you, and of course, to proclaim your name wherever we go. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.